Welcome to Beyond Your Why podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Gary Sanchez. At the Why Institute, we've helped over 40,000 people discover, make decisions, and connect using their why. This show will be much more powerful for you once you know your own why. So head over to whyinstitute.com and discover your why. Today, you're going to meet one of the leaders who've discovered their why with us and is going to share their story and the powerful lessons they've learned. Welcome to Beyond Your Why podcast, where we go beyond just talking about your why and actually helping you discover and then live your why. And so if you're a regular listener, you know that every week we talk about one of the nine whys, and then we bring somebody on that has that why and see how their why has played out in their life. And so today we are going to be talking about the why of contribute, to contribute to a greater cause, make a difference, add value, or have an impact in the lives of others. So individuals with this why yearn to be part of a greater cause, something greater than themselves. You don't want to be the cause, rather contribute to it in a meaningful way. You want to make a difference in the lives of others in an organization or a cause that you believe in. You love to support others and relish the success of the greater good, the company's growth, and the victory of the team. People with this why seek to add value in all they do do their part, and help in whatever way possible. You are often behind the scenes looking for ways to make the world better. When you show up in a more public forum, it is often to trumpet a message or support a movement. People with this why are the go-to people, the ones you look for when you need help with just about anything. You make reliable and committed teammates and are often found in all areas of athletics, performing arts, and cause-based nonprofits. Virtually every organization must have contributors in order to operate successfully. They act as the glue that holds everyone else together. They use their time, energy, resources, and connections to add value to others. So my guest today is Kate Duxler. She is best known for her groundbreaking work around integrating spiritual purpose into business success and the profound impact that that has on entrepreneurs' sense of freedom and fulfillment. Before she created a successful online empire built around her own purpose, She was stuck in the rat race, suffering from intense anxiety and depression. Worse still, she had a broken family life and abused alcohol as a way to cope. It was through experiencing what doesn't work that she learned what does work, living in complete integrity and committing to living your purpose. Now she's built her dream business around it and wants to help you do the same. Kate, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, we were just talking before this that you have a connection. I'm in Albuquerque. You said you're in Wichita, but you said you have a a deep connection to New Mexico. Tell us a little bit about that. That's right. Well, I grew up in Los Alamos where it's well known for having the Los Alamos National Lab. People ask me all the time, oh, were your parents scientists? And I say, no, my dad's a psychologist. So they're like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> so it was a very interesting place to live. Um, but growing up there is, you know, very academic focus. So that's the way I remember it and perceive it. Then I went to Albuquerque for UNM and I studied financial management in the business school. And then I was actually working in the radio business throughout my college years. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm skipping ahead. I forgot my own biography. Um, (laughs) I was working in the restaurant business and 
when I graduated college, I actually went into the management program of the restaurant that I worked for, the corporate restaurant chain. And that's where I met my first husband at the time. And he was several years older, so he had more career experience. And we had this opportunity that came before us to flee the corporate restaurant thing and the, you know, working 50 hour weeks and only having two weeks off a year. Like I knew right away, like this does not work for me. I didn't even make it a year. I just knew that wasn't, that wasn't going to work. And we had this opportunity to flee to Taos, New Mexico. And if you're familiar with Taos, it is kind of the quintessential resort tourist destination mountain town. And so it was just an opportunity to change our lifestyle completely. And, and it's like, yes, I was, I think, 22, 23 at the time. And I'm like, yes, let's do it. So moved up to Taos. And I was working in a luxurious resort up there in the bar, studying interior design. And I knew when I was taking these design courses, I was like, you know what, if I am going to ever have a chance of selling these services, I need to get some sales experience. And so I went looking for a sales job in the small town. And sure enough, the local radio station had a listing for a salesperson. And I was like, what, what would that be? What is that? It's like, oh, selling radio ads to local businesses. I could do that. That sounds fun. So I got that job. And I always say that was my closing my first sale. And I loved it. Everything about it. It was the right seat on the bus for me. And then within a year, the ownership approached me and my spouse and said, would you want to buy the radio station? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I can't even afford this table we're sitting at. <laughs> and the business manager at the time was like, if you want to take this seriously, I will mentor you through this. I will help you get this deal done. And it was a miraculous thing, but we closed the deal and became the owners of this radio station group up in Taos, New Mexico. We also, they had moved into this beautiful building to do live music and events outside, the spectacular property. And then we expanded. We took our radio experience and expanded. I mean, I keep confusing the two. The restaurant experience expanded and opened a bar and restaurant there, all on the same property. So that was really my coming of age career. And I spent years running that as the CEO and general manager. And kind of all my interests and life experience coalesced into that, that operation. And for many years, it was very fulfilling until it wasn't. And that's really where things shifted for me. And I, that was when and where I discovered there was something more I was meant to be doing. But that really gave me a lot of experience and kind of content to work with in the meantime. So what was that moment that you realized this was not the right path, this was not what you should be doing. What was that like? Tell, take us through that. Sure. So I, at the time, you know, it was a very stressful role because we had multiple businesses. So like literally the radio's on 24-7, the bar is open every day. And so it's just, it never ends. And my husband at the time and I, you know, we were great business partners, but our marriage was... There wasn't much connection there. And 
so we started talking about separating. And in this context of running these businesses together, it was a little complicated. So, but I knew it was the right thing for both of us. So we went through these motions at the time. I was drinking. I, you know, in the restaurant business, it's common. It's, it's, I didn't know any difference since I was 16 years old. I mean, partying on the weekends became drinking at least a glass or two of wine starting at five every day, let alone owning the bar and having full access to it. So the alcohol problem was on my mind constantly. And I'm like, how am I going to succeed in life with this always on my back? I'm just, there's no way I can be my best. And so it was just with me all the time. Well, one day, so these really big issues were really confronting me on a spiritual level as I was running these operations. Well, I had a client at the radio station who was a meditation retreat center up in northern New Mexico, world-renowned. And, you know, I had been working with them for over a year. I'd write their radio ads, and it was just, it was just words to me. It didn't really have any meaning. It's like, oh, mindfulness, and, you know, I can reconnect with yourself. And I'm like, okay, just writing the copy and going through the motions. But in this time where the suffering, you know, the walls were closing in, and I knew I needed to do something different, I, one day just wrote them and said, hey, would you trade with me? Could I come up and do a retreat and I'll give you some extra radio time as a result? And they're like, absolutely. So I left the chaos for three days. You go up into the mountains, total silence, no Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. And I sat with everything. And, you know, these world-class meditation teachers are guiding you. And you're in this beautiful location. And it was a pivotal, life-changing experience. And I, I mean, it just kind of shifted everything right in the moment. And it has that effect on people. Mm -hmm. So I leave the meditation retreat center. And my mind is just like, oh, my gosh, this isn't anything like I thought it was. Because I was still in the sales and marketing mode, right? Like, this is, I, I can really promote this place. I mean, it's just, everyone should do this. I mean, there's so many benefits to it. And I just, it was the very, like, the end of their season, like October. So somewhere in the winter, I wrote their leadership and I was like, hey, you know, I went to a retreat and I have a lot to say on how to market you guys better. And I have just so many ideas you want to meet. And they were like, oh my God, of course. <laughs> and so we did. And they invited me to join their board of directors. And, you know, they had a lot of meditation experience on the board, but not really this practical business sales marketing kind of perspective. And so right away, it just was a wonderful synergy and I had a lot of con to contribute and I loved it. <laughs> I just loved it. And I just was like, God, there, there's so much potential. Everybody should do this. Like the founder of these meditation retreat center was a lawyer. And so he was already kind of focused on doing meditation retreats for, for attorneys. There were some, you know, nurses, medical professionals, um, you know, they would do kind of specific retreats, but I was like, business people, you know, like th that's, there's so much, so much potential. So um, I got really involved and they had a lot of need. So it became this kind of push-pull. Like I already had multiple companies. I owned those companies. But here I was basically running for a year. I had to be the interim director of this organization too for a whole bunch of reasons. And I was basically running this nonprofit 
for no, for nothing. I had no stake in it and I had no salary from it or anything. And I was like, you know, it, it was an ethical dilemma I had to work through, but that's when I realized, I said, you know, as exciting as selling radio ads and putting on concerts and slinging beers and burgers, you know, I had just become sober and I, that wasn't a lifestyle I was really all that into anymore. But then here this work was in consciousness and awareness and like developing the inner world of people. And that really spoke to me. And that is, <laughs> you asked when the moment was, that's when it was, when I really saw, I need to do something with meaning. Like this uh, beer and burger thing was so fun while it lasted and taught me so much, but that is not my destiny. And so in the meantime, you know, we had this commercial property, we had 20 people on payroll, hundreds of, of clients, advertising clients. And I just felt stuck as stuck as stuck, like looking around like, I just, who was going to swoop in with the experience and interest to buy this very niche business in Taos, New Mexico? Like, I just did not see how that was possible. But I kind of held the intention that if I had an exit opportunity, that I would seize it. And then one came. Wow. Somebody showed up and just said, I'm ready to take over. Well, it was, we had business partners. And so she, at first they were, they were operational and financial, mostly financial and all, but they didn't have the interest in the full gamut. You know, it wasn't like they really wanted to handle all the details. And then I think they had enough experience through those couple of years that she did get the confidence to do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some interpersonal things happened. And, and so the opportunity came and I proposed it to them and it shocked them because this was my life. This was my life, my entire identity. Mm-hmm. And so when, when I made this proposal, it was shocking. Yeah. And, um, but they ultimately moved forward with it. And, you know, I learned so much like don't give a hundred percent identity to something outside of you because that is kind of soul just rattling yeah. when you lose it. But um, the deal got done and it really felt like there was a higher energy, a higher source, a higher involvement in yeah. that because it felt very miraculous. Kind of like the original deal felt yeah. miraculous that it closed. This sale did as well. It was time. Right. So what was it that you learned when you went up to the meditation area? Uh, What what was the big significant thing that you got out of that? The three days that you spent there that really helped you move in a different direction? That's a great question. So I think the, the thing where my heart and mind goes when you ask that is, you know, when you're working 50, 60, 70 hours a week, when you live, eat, breathe a role like many small business owners do, but not just business owners. I mean, there are people, employees who do that too. There is so little space. Mm -hmm. And I just had no space, no time to ever self-reflect, to center, to be silent. It just never, ever happened ever. And that when I got a little taste of it, it was, I needed more. I knew I wanted more. I knew that 
all of my kind of inner turmoil and all the stress that I was using alcohol to numb out and other distractions, it, it wasn't going to reconcile until I gave myself really intentional quality space. Mm. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of people listening to this that are in that same spot me included, you know, that we've got so much going on in our lives, going in so many directions, balancing so many balls, and then not giving ourselves space. And I like the way you put that. So what happened to you when you gave yourself that space? Well, that was really kind of this, this whole period of time that I've been describing. You know, it all really played out within a year or so. The separation, the commitment to quit drinking, the commitment to pursue my inner purpose. So really, when I look back at this year, it was 2012, everything changed. Everything changed. I mean, giving like a little crack is where the light started shining through. When I allowed myself to kind of pour through that crack, I realized a really deep inner world that I had. And the meaning I was looking for was there. There was so much that I was being shown through my own experience of being still and quiet and interested in my inner world. So I'm still on that journey. I'm still deep diving in those waters of who I am and what I'm here to do and why that matters and what I'm afraid of in the process. I mean, it's really amazing. When, When I was operating in kind of traditional business, there's an autopilot that happens. It's like there's second nature. It's like, I know how to do this. And it was just all very, I don't want to say robotic, but there wasn't a lot of depth in it. You know, there wasn't this sense of like, okay, you know, I know I need to reach certain revenue figures, but how do I do that with integrity? Yeah. (laughs) You know, how do I do that with balance? You know, and so, so this business side of me was really strong and really cultivated. And so then when I did the deep dive, I spent years on what I call a sabbatical where I was exploring the inner world. What do you mean by that? What what do you mean by the inner world? The inner world of who I am beyond the, the, you know, where my physical body meets the physical world, right? Mm -hmm. Like I had this established role for the longest time. I was, my married name was Kate Black. So I was Kate Black from Kate House. Like that was who I was. Like it rolled off the tongue. I knew, you know, I'm a salesperson. I'm, a, I'm an executive. That was the extent of who I was. And so when I went into the inner world, it was like, wait, wait, wait. Is there more here than meets the eye? Like, what about all these feelings? You know, like, what do they mean? Like, what about the urges and the de- desires at a deeper level? Like, what is holding me back from experiencing things that are less conventional and more spiritual in nature. And it's like, oh, well, fears. I have lots of those too, right? So there was just this whole depth of my nature, who I am and why I'm here that I thought I knew until it ran out of steam. And I was like, okay, this isn't this is insufficient. You know, I was in my mid twenties and that's, or late twenties at this point, And that's when it happened. It, it didn't serve me anymore. And so it forced me to go somewhere else for answers. And that was a depth and that was an internal search. And so, you know, this cultivated business side that really understood, 
you know, really understood best practices for these things, sales and marketing and finance and operations. Like I really like, don't know how I know all this stuff, but I really get this. I had that. And then spent years in the inner world where it's like, forget all that. I want to know, you know, why we're all here. Yeah. And then that's not functional in and of itself. You can, you can't, I've tried. <laughs> you can't just sit in your house and stare out up at the leaves blowing in the wind and journal and, and play monks chanting and burn incense. You can't just do that only. Also, equally as unfulfilling. Mm. At first, it was so nice, and I just wanted to live in that space. And I'm like, oh, there's no stress here. And then you realize, first of all, it's not fulfilling because you, come, you came here with a purpose, and it's very much external. And bills and lifestyle, you know, functionality and routine and stuff like I, those things got really watery. And so then it became my work to integrate. Mm. And it's like, okay, how do I do both? You know, how do I commit to the integrity that I discovered is really the nature of my spiritual side, the nature of my highest self and, you know, being functional and professional and profitable, you know, and that was, it's so funny because when I, when I left my companies originally, I thought I had reached, I'm like, I did it. I have made it. It's like, oh my God, I hadn't even started, you know, because really the hardest work was integrating the two together and figuring out how to be both in the world. And it's very much a work in progress. We're taking a quick break to give you a chance to find clarity in your life instead of just listening. Ready to put an end to your frustration? Ready to unlock the code to your personal and business success? I know you can because I have, and I'm giving you my exact system. It's time for you to discover your why, how, and what. Head over to whyinstitute.com and get started. Let's get back to the show. So what, are you, what did you learn? How do you integrate the two? You can't just work yourself to death and you can't just meditate yourself to death. <laughs> So what did you learn? How do you integrate these two? I'm listening to this, you know, I'm driving down the road right now listening to you and I'm thinking, yeah, I see how one of them doesn't work without the other. What's the, what's the process like to integrate them? Well, let's see. I'm going to answer this from a perspective of a business person specifically because that's how I'm oriented. That's really who I kind of resonate with and work with and, and speak to mostly our, our, our business people, whether it's entrepreneurs or executives. And so from the perspective of someone who has, even if they haven't fully discovered it, but they have the capacity for that rich inner world and they have the business orientation, the interest of operating in that realm in the physical world, I think you know, the process that I would outline is about starting with the big picture first. Like from a big picture, everything wiped off the table. Like all the things you thought you knew, like from where you're standing right now, like the linear path forward, like the things you see in your immediate future, like just kind of take those off the table for now. You know, don't worry about where you are right now. 
and what feels realistic right now, but wipe that away for a while and just see if you can connect to the biggest picture you can imagine. Well, in the big picture, what excites you? Like, what would you love to be doing? And again, with the assumption that it's something something commercially viable, right? Like, because we're using the mechanisms of business to fuel ourselves in the world, you know, as opposed to being in academia or medicine or whatever. It's like we're business people. But it's like, okay, so I want to make a business of something, but big picture, what is that? If you could do anything, what would it be? And really spend time allowing yourself to connect to that. And it is, that's, remember I mentioned the fears that come up? Yeah. There's this programming that is incredibly sophisticated and pervasive that keeps us from connecting to this highest potential for ourselves. I mean, when you go through the process of trying to connect to your ideal future, which I'm going to say is fueled from your highest self, it's, it comes, the message of what you're here to do comes in the form of your dreams and desires. When you go through that process, the fears that come up are, are a force. Mm-hmm. And so there becomes this push-pull between, I'd love to do this, but, and the buts are very long, and they're very convincing. And so a lot of the work is then reverse engineering that ideal ideal future, this ideal concept of what you would do if you could do anything. And then really working at a mind, body, spirit level to let yourself believe that, to really become one with that vision. And that's the process as far as I experienced it. You know, to me, that's a, that's a very challenging, what I have seen and felt, and it's hard to figure out what it is you want. How do you help somebody figure out what they want? It is so hard to figure out what you want. Why is it so hard? I know. Because of the fear that has been programmed. That is what I have seen time and time again. If we could just shut that fear mechanism off for one darn afternoon, it would come flooding in. But that's why I'm saying you have to have a keen eye out for the ways in which we have been programmed to and conditioned to keep ourselves thinking in this small, fragmented way. And that's why I suggested, you know, not starting from the point of view of like where I am now and what feels viable from where I am now, because that's inherently just very limited. There's not much you can see from this vantage point of sitting in this chair and like looking out like, well, this doesn't look too good to me, you know? Like, I mean, I could go, like you kind of think like lateral moves, you know, like, okay, well, I'm selling radio ads. Maybe I can go sell retreat spots in a retreat. And you know, it's just kind of like incremental. And that's, that's okay, it's part of the process and it's not inherently wrong. My challenge for people who really feel that inner drive to contribute and to find meaning and to really make an impact, all really synonymous concepts, is to dream bigger, is to really find, you know, instead of this, I'm seated seated right here on this table, and what do I see as possible? Instead of doing that, 
get yourself into this higher vantage point and say, I'm gonna look out at the world at large. What are other people doing that I really admire? If I could take any career that anyone has mm-hmm. that I have seen demonstrated as possible, and I could do that, what would that be? And then, oh my gosh, I mean, just the virtue of doing that exercise, you will just feel like your throat clamped down, like there's a weight on your chest, like that's not possible. I mean, it freaks you out to dream bigger, Mm -hmm. but it's worth it. And it's totally possible to reprogram yourself from a higher place. And so what I would argue is most people actually do know what they want when they're being honest with themselves. But that takes courage and practice mm-hmm. and refinement. And that's a, that's a process worth doing. So when you were looking out at your bigger vision, what did you see? Well, I saw communicating ideas, you know, like I want to get my thoughts out on the, in the world. I also knew that I wanted, you know, this idea of going into an office, even though I was the boss, theoretically, I could go when I wanted and leave when I wanted, but not in practice. I mean, that just wasn't realistic at all. I was a slave to that place. So I really knew I did not want a, like a physical establishment. I really, there was this lifestyle back in 2012, 13, 14, 2014 is when I, when I sold the companies and was able to really develop a new career. You know, back then it's like these thought leaders were starting to really get some momentum online and there were these digital based businesses. And I was like, I couldn't even believe that that was possible because I was used to being kind of trapped in this physical location and this traditional schedule and stuff like that. So I knew I wanted to communicate and I wanted to have the freedom of an online business. And I still, when I say these things, I get that old feeling of anxiety and just angst around it because it's like, yeah, they can do it, but I can't do it. That's, that's too good to be true. Like they're just the lucky anointed ones that got to be successful doing this, but that's not for me. It's too good to be true. And that's the very, those are the very thoughts you have to use that inner depth and those inner resources that just is important to cultivate to work through Mm -hmm. and say, why do I believe that? Do I want to believe that? What are some other alternatives to believing that? And really cognitively walk yourself through the process of feeling worthy of the dreams that you see for yourself. Mm. So what is the ideal then? Where is it that you're heading? What is it you want to be creating for yourself? So for myself, my ideal, and this is going to sound funny saying out loud, but is to be able to influence, influence. I want to be compelling enough with my message that it inspires people to make a change. And the, the ways that I use, you know, the tools at my disposal are interchangeable to some degree. I mean, it's a matter of what I prefer, like, you know, writing versus speaking publicly versus, you know, podcast video. I mean, the list goes on and on. These are just personal preferences, but really I'll know I'm doing what I set out to do when my message is effective enough to inspire people to dream bigger and take action on those dreams. 
So it's, isn't that interesting how it's a little bit etheric, right? Like there's this thing when I went from very traditional business to more of a spiritually based business where you have to find how to kind of reverse engineer these little more esoteric ideas into really practical functionality. Yeah, how do you do that? So that was one of my challenges. How do you do, what do you mean by spiritually based business? Well, when I say I want to influence people with a message, that's coming from my spiritual nature. That's coming from my higher self of saying, you know, I was able to find a sense of empowerment in myself. And now I want to help other people do the same so that they can have the same experience of empowerment around pursuing their dreams. Because my philosophy is that this is how we change the world, actually. That a million individuals going for a bigger dream and actually practically moving towards their purpose in a realized way will change the world. And it's the most effective way to change the world. And in this era, post or or mid-COVID, when just the world is being completely, uh, we don't even know what to expect, but things are being upended in a really dramatic way right before our eyes. We can see, you know, our collective destiny has, you know, several different, different potential outcomes. And instead of letting this kind of unfold by default, I want to be part of the cohort that is deciding how the future looks for us. And so I really believe that there are, there are a million, this is just a rounded figure, but there are a million people out there with a purpose to help contribute in really big, meaningful ways. And that if they don't press pause on their busy life, which kind of is happening for them right now, deep dive on what they really came here to do, address the fears that would hold them back, and then design a plan that has good business sense, and then put it into action. If they don't do this, we're less likely to move forward in a favorable way in society. It's like, this is really a matter of our collective and individual future and fulfillment. So the stakes are pretty high, I'd say. And there's a lot of risk for individuals sitting back on their potential and letting it just kind of wither away. I mean, there's really nothing more tragic. That's my personal driving force because it comes from somewhere above. It's, it's just my own way of contributing. But everyone will have their own little way. And it's very internal. Mm-hmm. It's like very much like, what, is, what are you passionate about? Yeah. Like, how does this look for you? And that's why the tools like you offer to help people really see and like get into this in a more... Um, tangible way are so, so helpful because it really helps get you a little more oriented and it becomes like a divine breadcrumb of like, okay, yeah, that is, you know, I can at least start here in terms of how I'm oriented and um, motivated and stuff. But it's really, you can imagine if everyone, at least everyone, when I'm saying these million souls, at least increased their ambitions or their aspirations by 50% of believing what they're 
what they're capable of and then really went for it, you know, we could really make some big changes. And, and that's what this time is called for. Is your message, does your message resonate uh, with a particular age group? Is it the younger uh, crowd more interested in living their purpose? Is the uh, older crowd, where, what are you finding? I tend to say that, I mean, I don't want to leave anyone out. I do feel like, like I am right at the oldest edge of millennial. So I'm kind of nestled between millennial and Gen X. And so there's this group of people about my age and younger that have had enough life experience to know what doesn't work for them and yet have just nothing but potential for where to go from here and are really naturally inclined to use, you know, online tools and just that, just very, very comfortable in that. So I tend to, if I had to say, I I tend to say kind of the, you know, twenties, thirties, it's a very natural time to dream big, you know, just say, okay, I've done enough to know what I don't want to do. But that said, you can reinvent at any age. And I really believe that. I mean, part of the things that hold us back are these ideas like I'm too old. I mean, these fears will bring us down and they're totally irrational. So I would question anything that keeps you from reaching your potential, from believing in a whole new life for yourself, including anything about age. Um, Because those are the mechanisms designed to keep us limited and and they work too well, but we can outsmart them with our own sheer, you know, awareness and passion. Yeah. You know, because as you were speaking, I was thinking that, you know, from somebody that's, that's had the same, had a business for 32 years, you've been on a path that I think a lot of people wish they had done at some point or still want to do. And I think it will resonate you know, as we were talking today, it got oh, confusing. And then at the end, you brought it all back together to where it made sense. And it was uh, helpful to understand the journey that you went on to get to where you are now to be able to help somebody else who's not yet been on that journey. And you can let them know your experience. I mean, you've been the very busy executive, you've been the one that's overworked, overtired over-medicated, and you've been the one that stopped, hit the pause button, which so many people would love to do. You know, it's a, owning a business is a lot of stinking work. It's not easy, but you hit the pause button. You did what a lot of people have not been willing to do. And maybe you were able to do that because you didn't have four kids and all the rest of stuff going on, but you did it and saw that it was possible and saw the introspection and learning from your diving into who you are to come out at a better place. Do you feel like you work less hard now than you did when you had the, um, had the, all the businesses in Taos? Oh yeah. By conventional definition, absolutely. Um, but by, an updated definition of hard work. There's something 
hard about looking deep at yourself and confronting the fears that, you know, you successfully keep at bay when you don't pursue your deepest dreams. Yeah. So that was hard work. I think the courage to follow the intuition, that little voice inside that says all sorts of things, like there's something more for you, that the courage to keep with that, that's not, that was hard work, you know? So it's just yeah. a little different. Um, I would say that, yeah, I didn't have four kids, for example, but I had all sorts of other things, an alcohol problem, a broken marriage, all sorts of challenges. But there are people who have four kids who have done this work, this reinvention work, and they have pursued their dreams and are, are doing them successfully. I, I know some of them. And um, so that's why I really encourage people to look out at the world for role models and really see what makes them effective, see what they did, what mindset they're in, you know, what do they seem to believe is true about themselves? Because that can be a really powerful set of uh, kind of guiding principles, because there are lots of successful heart-centered entrepreneurs who are moms, and they speak a lot in their business about how they do that. And that's why I think it's so interesting. You know, we all have our very specific life experiences that fuel what it is we can go out and teach. And so mine is related to the stuff I've gone through. And yours, anyone listening, will be related to what you're going through. And so whatever it is you're learning, whatever you're overcoming, is the very thing you can help other people with. And you don't have to make it to the top of the mountaintop to help people. You just have to be that much further along. And it's actually really effective to help people, you know, who are just a few steps behind you. And it, they really, they really respond to that accessibility. If I'm listening to this and I want um, to connect with you and learn more about what you're doing, what's the best way to connect with you? Well, my website is a great place to start and resource because it will hold <laughs> more information. So that's kateduxler.com. Probably better spell that. Kate, K-A-T-E, Duxler, D-U-X-L-E-R.com. My, I use the term old soul, C-E-O, to describe myself and my work. So you can hear that, you know, old soul being someone who's looking for meaning and, and to help the world and then CEO, but still very much identifies as a business person and a leader. And so that term that I use to describe my role now is the coming together of those two forces I talked about. And so I run a program called Old Soul Empire where I walk people in the course of 30 days, a live workshop, it's online, but we do it live, so it's not recorded, where I walk people through a very powerful process of connecting to your ideal vision for your life and how to do that from a spiritual standpoint, meaning getting through the fears and really, and really feeling in your bones what you came here to do 
and then reverse engineering that through the challenges and obstacles and all that into designing products and services around it that you really believe in and then putting that into strategic action. So it's a powerful practical program and so you can find that through joining my email list and then I um, send information and I just finished an ebook that I am going to publish by the time this hits the air, it'll be available. So that'll be on my website too, but it's 10 ways to live free in the 21st century. So there's all these, you know, right now when kind of the walls are closing in on us, it's like giving more tools on how to be sovereign in ourselves and how to take our power back and be more autonomous in how we operate because we don't need to look outside of ourselves for so many answers. It helps for some orientation and some inspiration, but, but once you get in deeply rooted in yourself in this inner work, there are so many answers and so much guidance. And that's where the confidence comes from to pursue these big dreams. And so this ebook has a lot of great tools in it as well. And so that's called Empowered Entrepreneur. So that would be available on my website as well. Awesome. Well, Kate, thank you so much for being here and taking the time to, to speak with me and our audience. And, and I know they uh, loved what you had to say, because I know I did. I, they can get a hold of you at, uh, at your website. So that's great. So thank you for being here. Gary, thank you so much. And I love what you do. I thought your, your course or your, uh, how do I say it right? The quiz. The white discovery? To- yeah. Was stunningly accurate. I'm just so impressed with like how I felt it just got right to the heart, not just the why, but also then the how and the what. Yes. Stunning how you did that. So I just think that's such an incredibly helpful way for people to get started on this process. It's like the step, you know, 1A in all of this. So I really admire that. Thank you. It is the essential first step. When you know your why, how, and what, it gives you the, con- it's like instant confidence instant clarity because, oh, okay, now I get what I've been trying, what I feel, but I didn't have the words to go with it. Those kind of tools are really, that's the inner work. I mean, it's, it's right in line with that is just knowing yourself more. Yes. Well, I'm going to go sign up for your stuff and I'm because it's very intriguing. And I, and I love that we have the New Mexico connection as well. (laughs) Go Lobos. Yeah. So have a great weekend. I will. You too. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. But before you go, let me ask you a question. Would you like all of your communication to be easier and more productive? Take the essential first step to clarity now at whyinstitute.com. 